Episode 20, Chameleon. Elliot is not a dog. Hello. You are not Tammy. I am not. Name's Cam. Short for Chameleon, which is me. I'm Chameleon. Good morning, Recall. Did you enjoy your super long slumber? Is it morning? I have no sense of time. Also, I am nauseated. Heck if I know. There's no point in measuring things with Earth time anymore. Oh, and there's a bin over here if you need to hurl. I was feeling a little pukey when I woke up, too. Luckily, we have artificial gravity, or else we would have puke floating around the spaceship. It's nice to see you, Cam. You did not need to introduce yourself. We have worked together in the A-League for years. And please, while we're traveling together, call me Sophia. 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 Sounds good. When I woke up, my memory was kind of fuzzy, so I thought it might help. Obviously, I didn't think of your power helping you stay sharp. Here, let me help you up. Your legs will be a little wobbly. Oh, thank you. You steady? I think so. How long have you been awake? About two days. I was supposed to wake you up yesterday, but I was trying to figure out what happened with your transport. Something went wrong. Went wrong? What are you referring to? I don't appear to be missing any limbs. What about my sidekick, Lullaby? Is she awake? You see, that's the problem. Problem? Where's Wren? I don't think your sidekick made it, Sophia. Please be direct and specific. I do not care for vague statements during times of stress. Did Wren survive the teleportation process? She's not here. Not here as in her body was broken apart into individual atoms as she was teleported, thus ending her life? Or not here as in I was the only one who made the trip? Okay, so I don't actually know... Her pod looks empty, but the bio-signs are telling me otherwise. Her file says she has the ability to make people fall asleep with her voice. Whoever's in this pod is either telepathically masking their appearance, or they're invisible. Let me see. Or, I suppose, let me not see. This pod here? No, that was mine. The other one. Ah, yes. Give me a moment. You're correct. This is not lullaby. Do you have any idea who it is? Yes, it is my new friend, Elijah. You may know him as I.D. or Invisidude. I've heard of him, but we've never met. He works for... Anaconda, right? Not anymore. He is currently working for... someone I shouldn't tell you about. Okay. You're gonna have to give me a little more than that. Like, why is he here? He was in the room with me when I was teleported. The teleportation system or whoever was operating it, must have locked onto him by mistake. It wasn't a tech malfunction. We were beamed up here by a sidekick named Passport. Ah, yes. I know who he is. I was only aware of his ability to teleport himself or one other person at a time, not multiple someones. I wonder if he overextended his powers, causing this erroneous... error. I'm sorry. This is a lot to take in. I get it. Not having your sidekick with you for this must be a huge letdown. Yes. That's part of my disappointment, but I'm also considering the other dominoes that may potentially fall because of this. Such as? As you have most likely been informed, Smasher is my father. Yes? Yeah, I was briefed. Well, 
In addition to my perfect memory, I am now able to transform in a similar fashion to my father. But? Sorry, I sensed a but. But? I haven't fully mastered my transformative abilities yet. As in, I've only done it once. And it was a disaster. Am I in danger? Not currently. Only if I become enraged. What does this have to do with your sidekick not being here? The only way I was subdued the last time I transformed was with Lullaby's slumber-inducing powers. She put me to sleep with her song, and when I woke up, I was back to being... me. Her presence here was to ensure our safety. I'm not gonna lie, Sophia. That's not very reassuring. Have you thought of meditation? I have thought of many things, yes. I have memorized hundreds of relaxation techniques. However... I have yet to be presented with a situation that allows me to test them out. Well, let's hope you don't get ragey anytime soon. Yes, let's. How are you coping without your hero? As I felt when Smasher left, you must be missing Captain Spangles. Do you mean before you found out that Smasher was your dad? Yes. I still miss him, but I'm also angry with him. And frustrated. But mostly just sad and full of questions. Well, we have many, 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 many days to talk about it. So when you feel up to it, you can tell me every sordid detail. Thanks, Cam. I appreciate it. And to answer your question, yeah, I miss Spangles. Mostly. Sometimes he can be a little condescending or oblivious, but I've been working on him. I've wanted to get to know you better for a while, Sophia, so I'm glad we have the opportunity. When we worked together, you know, when you were still a sidekick... We were always so busy helping our heroes out that I don't think we had an actual conversation about anything but fighting crime, well, ever. Yes, we were usually limited to small talk. Spangles is a strong personality and Smasher is, well, you know, destructive. They're a handful. It's been nice to fill in as a hero for a while and not have to wait on the sidelines. Yes, I saw that you made a few public appearances as Captain Spangles and Smasher and the others, so the world doesn't know that they've been gone for months. Have you been fighting crime, too? Yes, as much as I can. Just seeing me as Spangles or Smasher usually scares most criminals away, so it's been fairly easy. I prefer to go with Spangles, though, because Smasher's so big it nearly exhausts my powers. Would you mind if I ask you how your powers work? No, I don't mind. It's pretty simple. I can reshape my body at will. My mass doesn't ever change, so when I shift into someone smaller, I'm more dense. And when I'm larger, like Smasher, I'm less dense, which makes me weaker. I normally have less muscle when I'm taller. How much mass do you have to work with? In Earth's atmosphere, it translates to about 180 pounds. It used to be less, like when I was a baby, obviously. When I eat an excess of calories rather than getting fat, I just gain mass. But it's almost impossible for me to lose it. Hence why I'm much taller than I used to be. Ah, you are a very tall woman, so that makes sense. Oh, I'm not a woman. Well, I might be. I don't know. I'm sorry. I do not quite understand what you're saying. I normally look like this because I find that appearing female causes people to underestimate me. Also, this is a comfortable face for me. It's my sister's face. What does your normal face look like? I don't know. I mean, I don't have a normal face. But what about when you were born? When I was a baby, I was discovered in a small pod in a cornfield. I know, super original, right? When the pod opened, I met the couple holding their infant daughter in their arms, and they said I was their spitting image from the moment they laid eyes on me. They thought I was a gift from God or whatever. That's a familiar-sounding origin story. Tell me about it. Anyway, my sister and I were raised to think we were twins until I was 13. What happened then? 
My sister Madison got her period. I got mine too, the same day. I didn't like it, because I was scared, and it was new, and I wished it would stop. I think I started having a panic attack, which must have triggered my powers, because the next thing I knew, I didn't look like Madison anymore. I turned into Freddie, one of my friends from school. Going from having your first period to growing a penis in a matter of minutes is really traumatic. Luckily, I was at home when it happened, and not at school or anything, so it didn't ruin my life quite yet. Is this when your parents told you how they found you? Yep. I forgave them for keeping it from me, but Madison has hated me ever since. I kept presenting as her twin, to keep up appearances, but she thinks I stole everything that made her unique. But what about you? Do you have a sense of self? Ha, ah, that's what I was saying. I don't know if I'm a man or a woman, intersex, or some other species. Hmm. Do you think you are an alien? Well, kids, here's where it gets tricky. I submitted to a ton of testing, and whatever form I take on, my chromosomes, hormones, genetic markers, all that shit, match what I present, even if I shift into someone who's intersex or has extra chromosomes. So you can change at the cellular level. That is fascinating. How does that explain your menstruation? When I'm female for longer, I do get my period. I've been tested and my eggs are normal and I'm fertile. When I'm male, my sperm is good too. I could technically impregnate myself if I wanted to. Which I don't, because that's completely f***ed up. It makes sense that you prefer they-them pronouns. Labeling myself has been almost impossible. There are so many terms and none of them seem to fit me. The one that makes the most sense is gender fluid. And I don't use cis or trans to describe myself because how can those words apply to someone who doesn't even know they're assigned sex? Still trying to figure this shit out. Do you prefer to present as female? Or is it just out of habit? Definitely habit. Wearing this face is familiar. It's like a security blanket. My friend Pitch is dating a sidekick named Security Blanket. Sorry, that was irrelevant. No, that's okay. How about you? Are you in a relationship? I am not. Unless you count my love for Elliot, my cat. I'm mostly heterosexual, I think, but I've never acted on it. My friends like to tease me and say that I was promiscuous before I lost my memory, but I'd like to think that wasn't true. Why? Be proud of your choices. I'm promiscuous. I mean, I'm not a sex addict or anything, but... Sorry, that's probably way too much information. No. I wanted to ask about your sexuality, and if it relates to your powers, but I didn't want to offend you. For you, Sophia. I'm an open book. I am very interested in how sex works for shapeshifters. I'm 100% pansexual. To me, attraction isn't defined by gender or sex. When I thought I was a 13-year-old girl, I was attracted to people that I thought were interesting. When it comes to sex, I've been with cis people and trans people and every possible combination. Being able to transform my sex parts, I've always been searching for what feels the most natural, like a never-ending sex quest. Have you drawn any conclusions thus far? It all feels natural. That's the problem. That doesn't sound like a problem to me. Some girls have probably wondered what it would be like to have a penis, especially considering the ease of peeing standing up. You're right. I don't know why I'm complaining. You're also right that whenever I go camping, I grow a wang to make pissing in the woods easier. I've even tried to go complete Ken doll down there, too, but you gotta pee somehow. Do you have to turn into an already existing person, like your sister or your friend Freddy? When I was younger, that was easier, yeah. But the more I experimented, uh, the more I realized I'm a blank canvas. I usually have a reference point, though. I'm not gonna lie, I used to be really shallow. 
I mean, I can look however I want, so why not be beautiful? I remember this guy I saw at the Babylon 5 convention this one time. He was so hot, I wanted to be him. So I was. When I f people as him, it felt great at first, like I was a celebrity. Bagging me was an ego boost for them, too. I imagine that got old after a while. Definitely. Comparing yourself to someone picture-perfect is not healthy. I connect more with people when I show them something like uneven boobs or a dad bod. I went through a phase where I thought people would like it if I had a massive dick. Like, I'm talking huge. But apparently, those are only fun in theory. <laughs> I am in pain thinking about it. Do your partners ever know about your ability? Usually, no. I've dated a few powered people in the past, and I've shapeshifted during sex, which was eye-opening. Changing in front of someone and not having to pretend to be whoever they think I am is really freeing. It ends up getting annoying, though, because it usually turns into a fantasy fulfillment thing. One woman I was dating wanted to have sex with every member of her favorite boy band, and she would call me by their names like I wasn't even there. That sounds like taking role-playing to a whole new level. You have no idea. She also loved the show Supernatural, so I ended up rotating between Sam, Dean, and Cass for her in the bedroom. That didn't last too long, though, because she felt like Cass and Dean should be with each other and not her, so she felt guilty. Did you ever feel like you were being used? F yes. I want to please my partners, sure, but I don't want to be their way of living out their fantasies. Especially with race. I grew up thinking I was white, so it feels like I'm crossing a line to present as anything else for someone to fetishize me. Ah, it feels disgusting. It's simpler if my partners don't know what I can do. Does Captain Spangles have- No! No, I've never slept with him. I mean, he knows that I used to work as an escort. That's how we met. But he's a good guy. He would never. Cam, you misunderstood. I was going to ask if Captain Spangles has trouble remembering to use the proper pronouns when addressing you. Oh, sorry. We were talking about sex, and then you mentioned my boss, and my mind just went there. It's not like I haven't thought about it. He's super hot, and he's actually pretty kind and thoughtful. He's just a little ignorant of how the world really works sometimes. I've noticed that when heroes have been working for a long time, and they're put on a pedestal, they start to become even more entitled than they were before. It just happens. You speak the truth. You said that you worked as an escort before you were a sidekick. How long did you do that for? About two years after I left home. It was easy for me to be what clients wanted. I made so much money. It was crazy. Uh, during our senior year, I kind of seduced my sister's boyfriend. And she told me in no uncertain terms to get the f*** out of her life and never come back. So I did. I was pissed at Madison for something. Now I couldn't even tell you what that thing is. And afterwards, my sister had everyone calling me slut. Even one of the teachers started in. And the thing is, they were right. Not having any memories of my childhood made me feel lost for a while. It took me a long time to figure out what I wanted because I couldn't base my decisions on my previous life experiences. After you left home, I imagine you were all alone. That must have been very hard. It was brutal at first. I didn't know what to do for money, but I met a girl who let me crash with her for a while. She was kicked out of her house when she was like 15 for being trans, so we related a lot about stuff. She embraced her identity as a way to make money because there are a lot of people out there with a trans kink. She never finished high school, so her options were pretty limited, and she figured she could cash in on being fetishized. Did she push you into sex work? 
No, she told me to stay away from it, but I didn't listen. I mean, I love sex, and I'm pretty damn good at it, so I jumped onto that train. Not the only thing I jumped on, by the way. It wasn't until I met Captain Spangles that I felt like I had a purpose. How did you meet him? Well, at the time, I was presenting as a fairly small woman, and one of my clients was getting aggressive. I shifted into a man, thinking it would scare him off, but I didn't realize that he was a henchman, and, um, he kind of tried to kill me. Oh, who was he? Nitty Gritty, the one who grinds his teeth and throws knitting needles with deadly accuracy. What happened? He called me a freak, super original, and I got two knitting needles to the throat. I don't regenerate precisely, but I can reshape damaged tissue. But then he literally threw me out the window. Dramatic, right? Especially when Captain Spangles caught me in his arms and sent Nitty Gritty to the island. How did you start working for him? He saw me shifting to heal my injuries and offered me an audition to be his sidekick, after he noticed that Nitty Gritty was missing most of his f***ing teeth. I didn't have any training back then, but I was scrappy. I was almost expecting a pretty woman sort of scenario, with Captain Spangles hiring you for your... services, and then hiring you as a sidekick. Oh, God, no. I mean, when I was younger and we played f**k, Mary kill, Spangles was always my Mary, Smasher was my f**k, and I will always kill Amalgamation Man. But we were just f**king around. Amalgamation Man would be my kill, too, if one of the other options wasn't my own father. Oh, I just said I'd f**k your dad. I'm so sorry. I'm not offended. Just grossed out. So, after getting to know Captain Spangles, you no longer wish to marry him? No, I... I, uh, don't think about him that way. And he would never think about me that way, so it doesn't matter. It sounds like it does matter. You're very quick to deny having any feelings for him. In the words of Lady Gertrude, the lady doth protest too much, methinks. Lady Gertrude. From Hamlet. If you would prefer a different quotation commenting on your obvious and immediate defensiveness, I have memorized thousands of lines from books, television, and film. No, that's okay. One is quite enough. I'm sorry for prying. It's... whatever. It's fine. If I said I'd never turned into Spangles and jerked off to my own reflection, I'd be a liar. Oh, wow. Oh, that was too much. I would blame it on being alone in the ship the last two days, but honestly, I just feel like you accept me. I bet you get that a lot. I have not, but thank you. Also, that is not why I said, oh, wow. Oh, why then? I noticed the view behind you. The vastness of space is very different in person compared to photographs. It is beautiful, but it makes me feel so insignificant. Me too. Sophia? Yes? Do you think we're going to survive this trip? I do. Well, the odds are stacked against us. No one's ever survived a diplomatic mission to the Croman Empire. No one's even seen a Croman because they never take off their armor. Who does that, other than douchebag method actors? Someone always ready to fight. Yeah. Do you think Invisiguy here will be on board? Invisidude is an amazing sidekick, and a great man. I don't doubt that he will do everything he can to help us find the A-League. Besides, our combined skill set is perfect for avoiding trouble. How so? ID can make us all invisible as well. And you can make yourself look like anyone. Also, with my memory and knowledge, I can think our way out of most situations. And if all of that fails? If that fails, then I will most likely transform and smash our enemies until they are very, very dead. 
That is surprisingly reassuring. You're welcome. So, should we wake this guy up? Yes, that would be the polite thing to do. Be warned, I.D. is afraid of heights, so I am not sure how that will translate to being in space. Sucks to be him. Yes. Yes, it does. Would you like to do the honors? Thank you. Hello, Elijah. Welcome to outer space. Sophia? What just happened? In this episode of Second Fiddles, Sophia is voiced by Robin Rimey, Chameleon is voiced by Elena Langan, and Invisidude is voiced by Nick Bissett. All the other stuff, the writing, producing, editing, that was all done by Matt Johnson. Thanks for listening. <laughs>